Over 200,000 of the homeless people in the United States of America are women and girls. The most needed and understocked item in homeless shelters, feminine hygiene products. Joy Road Media is proud to tell you about the Clean Love Project. The Clean Love Project's mission is to help women and young girls feel clean, loved, and empowered by distributing clean love kits to alleviate their hygiene needs. Go to thecleanloveproject.org to find out how you can help. The Clean Love Project focuses on the Metro Detroit area, but it also distributes kits worldwide. If you are a female in need of a clean love kit, go to thecleanloveproject.org and request one today. Joy Road Media is a proud supporter of the Clean Love Project at thecleanloveproject.org. Welcome back to Great Lakes Confidential with Angie and Mike. Hello. So I'm really excited because um, as if you've been listening, obviously you heard last week's um, show, which is absolutely completely bananas. And I'm so excited to find out how this man died. Yeah. And, and then his and spoiler alert, his connection to Detroit, a little underwhelming. Is it? Yeah. I mean, maybe that's a good thing. I don't know. I guess. Also, I've been thinking about it. Like, all this cheating that he's done on this on his wife. Do you think that he went... Do you think that he was, like, cuckoo bananas because he had syphilis or something? Uh, maybe. I, I, I think he just, fe- like, loved the idea of war since he was a little kid. I think... His dad probably really told him like super cool war stories because mm-hmm. it's not like they could watch TV or whatever. So it's probably one of his like early developmental memories is that his dad told him how cool war was. There's just kind of always my thought like when something like this happened like way back in the day, like all this cheating and stuff like they had to have STDs, right? Like there oh, was yeah. there was a lot of yuck stuff happening. But he's also not really cheating with like any woman like he is cheating with like i mean not that you know wealthier people don't get stds i mean <laughs> they do all the weird stuff right. <laughs> yeah so maybe we should have prefaced both last week's and this week's episode with uh listen before you share this one with your children <laughs> yeah well, you're the one bringing stds into my bad it. <laughs> all right all right. I need to know. I need to know more. Well, last week we covered his early life, his exploits during the Revolutionary War, and his post-war controversy, basically stealing fifty slaves and then committing election fraud <laughs> to be a senator for four days. And we also covered how he was the worst husband, son, and dad in the history of toxic masculinity. But in case you're worried that he was all bad, here's a little amusing anecdote. But you may have remember from last week's episode that Matt Anthony was a huge Julius Caesar stan. So like I said, he named his favorite slave Caesar. And Caesar was probably like, uh, thank you, sir. I but already had a name. Actually, yeah, I, <laughs> I already have a name I'm from Africa. And my name is, and he's like, shh, Caesar. 
So here's a little bit more Mad Anthony Wayne trivia, too. Appropriately, uh, famed Hollywood alcoholic hothead actor Marion Morrison took his stage name as an homage to Mad Anthony Wayne. Do you know who Marion Morrison is better known as? No. John Wayne. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Hmm. Do you remember um, the year that... um, Marlon Brando won an Academy Award and he had the Native American yes. woman. Mm-hmm. John Wayne was so mad about that. He cornered her and John Wayne was like six and a half feet tall yeah. and this woman was like five, two or something. Yeah. He cornered her backstage and was like rearing back to hit her and stuff and people had to pull him off Whoa. of her. So yeah, John Wayne awful awful psychotic much yeah so it's sort of fitting that he took his stage name after mad anthony wayne so mad anthony wayne was having a rough time adjusting to civilian life to say the least (laughs) his wife finally said listen i hear you have even yet another mistress uh one of your war buddies wives uh and i don't care that it's the 1780s and this sort of thing isn't done but i'm leaving you his uncle Gilbert turned out to be right when he told Anthony's dad way back in the day that he was severely overestimating his son's potential because even with too many slaves, and let's be honest, like I said, one slave is too many slaves, unless it's for like some after dark role playing, that, <laughs> not to kink shame anyone, but uh, his uncle was right. Like Anthony couldn't run a plantation, much less two. So he went bankrupt. And uh, yeah, he was a political punchline as well, too. (laughs) But his life was about to change uh, because his mom died. And then as a real slap in the face, she left him $5 in her (gasps) will. That's like going to a restaurant and tipping a penny just to make a point. Oh. Yeah. Just in case there's any doubt in your mind, you need to know as one of my final gestures, you suck. I would fist bump her for sure. (laughs) And then his wife died. So he was free to get engaged to his mistress or his new mistress. This is Catherine Littlefield Green, whose husband, like Anthony Wayne, was a Revolutionary War general turned bankrupt civilian. (laughs) Uh, So when she found out that she was like leaving her husband for more of the same, uh, she didn't stick around. She was like, see ya, wouldn't want to be ya. (laughs) She's like, besides, I'm a scientist and inventor, and I'm going to go over and help this young kid, Eli Whitney, invent the cotton gin. Uh, (laughs) In fact, I'm going to be super instrumental in inventing the cotton gin. But since history is written by white men, most people won't even know my name unless it's in the context for a school report on little known female heroes of the American Revolution. (laughs) In fact... There's only one printing that addresses the fact that she was instrumental. Yikes. And it was written, I think, 60 some years after the cotton gin was invented. And then no one ever thought to say, hey, wait, Eli Whitney had help. Like it only appears in one publication that she basically said, you know, if you use brush-like stuff instead of what you're using to pull the cotton and everything from balls, it might make it work. So she, (laughs) 
like Marsha Lucas, who edited the Star Wars movies, and George Lucas had her erased from history. Catherine Littlefield Green is largely erased from wow, history, unfortunately. That sucks. Yeah. But good news happens in three. And uh, Anthony Wayne's old war buddy, George Washington, called him up and was like, dude, you helped annihilate the British. How do you feel about putting the band back together? <laughs> Put on that old general hat. Use that fancy maneuver warfare stuff and clear out some of these pesky Native Americans. And uh, Matt Anthony's like, hell yeah, George. Let me just reorganize the entire army and we'll call it the Legion of the United States uh, or just the Legion. And uh, that sounds super cool. Uh, I can fight these native guys. And then once we've sufficiently stolen everything from them, you and your guys can negotiate peace treaties. So generations later, white people can celebrate Thanksgiving guilt free. And Washington was like, aces, what do you need from me? And Matt Anthony's like, okay. Uh, I'm bankrupt. But aside from that, um, the Legion needs to be like three times the size of the army. So I need a million dollars. And Washington's like, dude, that's like 83% of the national budget of the federal budget. Uh, But I do also love taking land away from non-white people. So it's a deal. Um, Also, by the way, this was down to you or James Wilkinson, uh, who's like this child prodigy. Uh, Because while you're super good at killing people and war and stuff, you're also hot-headed and reckless. So (laughs) I'm going to put Wilkie in as your right-hand man because this kid's so good at all the stuff that you're not. So cool biz. And Matt Anthony's like, yeah, cool biz, man. Uh, So Matt Anthony uh, went to his former soldiers who were doing much better as civilians. And he was like, guys, I'm getting the band back together. And they were like, mad respect, mad. Uh, <laughs> you were a good leader, but being a soldier under you was hard, man. <laughs> and Matt Anthony's like, I totally understand. No harm, no foul. Don't sweat it. Enjoy civilian life. And then to get his men to reenlist, he goes to all the local businesses and tell them, listen, don't hire veterans. I need to be their only option to make a living. I need to be their only option for employment. So it'd be super unpatriotic of you to hire veterans. And you do love America, right? Oh, my God. Shady. Yeah. So everyone reenlists and Matt Anthony realizes that they got soft. So he creates the country's first basic training facility. Oh, my Lord. And this is closer to to like the Marines basic training. Like, this is brutal, brutal stuff. He's a ruthless strategist, too. Like, one of his tactics was to just devastate native tribes, farms, and homes, and just let the winters kill them. Jesus. Yeah. In his later life, dealing with injuries from when he was younger and chronic malaria, because he would, like, trudge through, like, miles of swamp, he wasn't really fighting alongside his men anymore. And Wayne and Wilkinson are making so much progress that the Secretary of War, Henry Knox, told them to stand down uh, while peace treaties with natives were being negotiated. So Wayne said, "Okay, Secretary of War, Henry Knox, I will stand down, but I'm going to post all of my troops right in front of the enemy and tell them that... uh, their women and children will not be safe from me or my mom. Oh, my word. You know, just to freak them out a bit, you know, because I'm mad. <laughs> but I won't touch them, you know, unless they touch us first. 
<laughs> so, you know, the natives who maybe objected towards, you know, this kind of treatment attacked. So he attacked back and got volunteers from Kentucky to help push through. And then he told Knox, hey, about those peace treaties, we were totally just defending ourselves, uh, but we destroyed them. So you're welcome. What the heck? Yeah. This is where we finally get to Detroit. Finally. <laughs> Wayne led his troops beginning in Cincinnati northward. And all of his victories after victories made the British lose faith in backing the Indian troops. So they just started pulling out. And the Battle of Fallen Timbers near Toledo in the summer of 1794 was the final straw for the British. Like it was brutal for both the British and the Native Americans. And a peace treaty was signed by the Indian tribes in 1795 in Greenville, Ohio. And in 1796, Wayne's forces finally arrived in Detroit. And the British were like, you know what? We don't even care anymore. <laughs> you want Detroit, you can have it. And Wayne is like, victory! Let's build a fort here and name it after me, Fort Wayne. And Wilkinson is like, hey, but no... No one even wants this area. Like, we we won. You don't need a fort. Besides, you already built one in Indiana, remember? They named that one after you, too, and the city. And Wayne's like, a lot of people have one fort named after them. I shall have two. And name the city after me. Not just the city. Name the entire county after me. If it weren't for me, Detroit would be part of Canada. So that's why Wayne County, Wayne the city... Wayne the Road and Wayne the State University and Wayne the Historic Fort, where my dad actually worked, are all named after Mad Anthony Wayne because he, quote unquote, liberated Detroit from the British as they were on their way out the door. Wow. Yeah, there aren't any great battles in Detroit. And I believe there have been no battles fought at Fort Wayne in Detroit. I, how did I not make that connection? Yeah. What yeah. a dum dum! No, I'm so fascinated right now. Tell me more. <laughs> well, this would also be Anthony Wayne's last battle, uh, because while stationed <laughs> in Detroit, Mad Anthony Wayne would get suspiciously ill and soon after die. Doom, doom, doom. Ooh, when you say suspiciously ill, yeah, like. Do you have any suspects? <laughs> I may have a few. Yeah. But like, he just became like sick and they were like, this is suspicious that he's sick. Or was it like he had weird symptoms that they couldn't His figure out what it was? His health will rapidly decline in Detroit. Okay. While Matt Anthony was fine having the younger James Wilkinson working underneath him, Dr. and General James Wilkinson wasn't nearly as thrilled at the idea. Like Wayne, he loves war. Unlike Wayne, he's a people person who <laughs> everybody loves. Like, he's so likable that even when he screws over people, they're just like, ah, it's Dr. Jimmy. <laughs> he's a good kid. He goes up ranks in military, not because he's a badass like Matt Anthony, but because he's really good at playing the game. And he has, like, lots of mentors, but he'll turn on them and step over them once he's learned everything he can and he'll just get a new one, and the old ones are like, eh, I don't bear him any ill will. He's just super charming. <laughs> like, everyone loves Wilkinson. And like everyone else post-war, he's just trying to make a living. So the Mississippi River is controlled by the Spanish at the time. 
So he just schmoozes his boats past the Spanish Armada and goes down to New Orleans where he meets with the Louisiana governor, Esteban Miro, and he says, hey, if you guys give me exclusive rights to the Mississippi for my business, I'll give you, I don't know, military secrets about the U.S. And Miro's like, right on. (laughs) So uh, Washington wants to get the band back together, like I said, and he's trying to decide who's going to be best to lead the people clearing out the natives on the Ohio-Indiana border. And he needs the front man. And Wilkinson's like, oh, man, I'm a shoe in Like, everybody loves me. And my only competition could possibly be Mad Anthony Wayne. But Tony Wayne, he embarrassed himself with all that debt stuff and the slaves and the Dutch and election fraud and adultery and everything he's ever done. <laughs> But Washington goes with Wayne anyway and says, look, Wilkies, Wayne's just a bad mofo and you're green, but you can serve under him and just let him mentor you. And Wayne and Wilkinson get along great. They're super successful together. And the Secretary of War, Henry Knox, is always writing and saying, like, good job, guys. You're a dynamic duo. Love you. Love what you're doing. Keep killing Indians. And Wayne's writing back like, hey, thank you, man, but it's not just me. Mad shout outs to my boy, Wilkinson, and Colonel John Hamtramck. Keep that in mind that Mm. there's a Hamtramck, Michigan, but there's no Wilkinson, Michigan. (laughs) Um, And Wilkinson gets super mad and writes Knox saying, listen, sir, Wayne doesn't know what he's talking about. He's a drunk. He's incompetent. It's like all me. Like, I should be in charge. And Knox writes back and he's like, dude. Wayne has nothing but nice things to say about you. Don't be a tool. (laughs) So Wilkinson starts writing anonymous tell-all salacious letters to the local newspapers talking about how Wayne is just like a drunken mess. (laughs) But no one cares because he's also really good at being a general. So Louisiana ends up getting a new governor, Baron Hector D. Carondelet. And Wilkinson says, hey, Hector, I'll give you additional intel against Wayne to maybe sweeten the deal and maybe you can start paying me too. And Corone Delay is like, muy bueno, mi amigo. <laughs> Odele, muchacho. But one of Milt Wilkinson's men who's supposed to pick up money for, from Corone Delay is captured by Wayne's troops. But no one in the fort where he's being held speaks Spanish. So Wilkinson, who's still playing behind Wayne's back, says, no problem, man. I have a translator. <laughs> So he sends his own translator, who's in on everything, down to interrogate the prisoner. And, of course, the translator's like, nope, these guys are good. Send them on their way. (laughs) And everyone's like, okay. (laughs) And the prisoner is just like, what? Okay, pa? (laughs) Loco en la cabeza. (laughs) So Wilkinson, during this whole time, is writing letters to everyone in Congress as well, telling them that Knox is an idiot for letting Wayne stay in charge. And Knox finally steps in and he tells Wayne, like, look, dude, this guy doesn't like you. Here's a copy of the bunch of letters that he's writing to everyone saying that you suck. And Wayne's (laughs) super hurt. He tells Wilkinson, he's like, you have no honor. You're like the worst of the worst. And I know bad. I had a wife and mom (laughs) who kept harping on me to not be such a jerk all the time. You're probably working with the British. To dissolve this union because he didn't know that Wilkinson's working with the Spanish to dissolve the union. And I'm like really bummed out. Like I have to go back East to report to Congress about our progress. And here's some of our plans. Don't show them to anyone, especially the Spanish. Uh, and just think about what you did. <laughs> and of course, Wilkinson immediately starts sending the plans to the Spanish and he almost gets caught. One of his boats 
with confidential information is seized. <laughs> but someone uh, somehow the soldiers miss the evidence. Jesus. But Wayne starts to get a hunch that Wilkinson is in bed with the Spanish because one of his co-conspirators like tells on him, but he just doesn't have proof yet, but he's trying to put it all together. And Carondelet has uh, intel from elsewhere, you know, even telling Wilkinson like, hey, man, Wayne's on to you. You need to be careful. And Wilkinson writes back and says, don't worry about it. I have a plan. And soon I'm going to take over all these troops myself and we won't have to worry about Wayne anymore. And three months later, Anthony Wayne is dead. So, yes, he wasn't in the best of health. Like I said, he contracted malaria early on in his career uh, when he and his men trudged through swamps and he even had bad gout in both legs. And then there were all those gunshot wounds because <laughs> rifles, right? But all in all, like he was fine for the most part. Like he's only 51, which, yeah. you know, yeah, I know back in old timey years, that's like 102. But I mean, you he, survive a gunshot to the head. Like yeah. you're pretty much you feel like you're pretty much going to make it a long way. <laughs> right. But when he's in Detroit with Wilkinson, he starts getting super sick with like horrific diarrhea and starts vomiting. And Wilkinson is like a doctor so he's like in charge of the medical help for mm-hmm. everyone and wilkinson prescribes him laudanum for the pain and tartar emetic which is basically a poison with the logic being like listen this is going to make you sweat and vomit out whatever's bugging you and his symptoms are actually in line with arsenic poisoning as well and it gets so bad that he can't even ride his horse for more than a couple hours at a time so uh you know, the co-conspirators captured and Wayne is thinking he's going to be able to get to Wilkinson. But he's like, man, I'm starting to not trust your medical help. <laughs> so I'm going to go home and get a real doctor, not some Doogie Hauser kid playing doctor and <laughs> army general. You're mean. I'm going to get proof that you're in cahoots with the Spanish and you're going to hang. Can you help me get on my horse? Wait, no, I can't ride my horse. I have very bad diarrhea. Can you help me get on a boat? And I'm going to take the Great Lakes home to Pennsylvania, and then I'm going to go to Philadelphia, and then I'm going to get better. And my mean mom and wife are gone, so Pennsylvania's cool again. (laughs) So he wanted to get to Philadelphia, but he only makes it as far as Erie, and then he can't go any further. When he gets there, soldiers pull him off the boat, and he's basically like, just get me a chair, sit me down someplace. They don't even get him to the main fort. They get him into a guardhouse that has a flagpole, and he's sitting in a chair, and he's like, I don't think I'm going to make it. Uh, So here are my last wishes. Just bury me right here. Like, I don't want to move. Like, seriously, don't move. (laughs) Don't move me. Like, I have explosive (laughs) diarrhea. Don't touch me and don't put me in fancy military dress either. Just bury me in this uniform <laughs> that I'm wearing now. And like, I I couldn't even put shiny boots on if I try. <laughs> I shouldn't bend over. So just put me in a plain wooden box as is and hammer my name in. No, uh, I'm hammering bad diarrhea. <laughs> hammer my initials in the box with brass tacks. A.W., no relation to A and W. Um, and, uh, oh, we're inside. It'd be weird to put a tombstone here. I don't even need a tombstone. That'd be weird to put a tombstone inside a building. So don't even worry about it. I'm going to poop. Uh, just bury me underneath this flagpole. And he dies. Oh, my God. 
And some historians say that he may have died from stomach ulcers aggravated by his excessive drinking. And others do point out the convenience at the timing and the fact that Wilkinson had motive, means, and opportunity. And if he were caught by Wayne, he would definitely be put to death. And just like he told Caron DeLay, he was going to be in charge in a few months. And uh, sure enough, what he wrote was true. So what do you think? Do you think like excessive drinking and hardcore warring was the cause? Or do you think he was poisoned? I think he was poisoned. It does seem suspicious. Well, and I mean, you know, all of the people around him could only take so much more of this guy, right? Like he was a, he seemed like a giant pain in the ass, like to everyone. Yeah. Including those who loved him the most, which were his wife and mother. And he was just a jerk, like just straight up, like, Somebody poisoned that man. You and I are both parents. Can you imagine not even wanting to see your kids? Well, and I was going to ask about the kids, too. Like, whatever happened to these kids? Like, his wife... Oh, we're going to find out, too. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) So, post note about Wilkinson. Uh, 29 years after he dies, his treason is discovered as fact. They find the correspondence between him and Carondelet. And Teddy Roosevelt says, in all of our history, there is no more despicable character. Wilkinson's dad's last words to him were, my son, if you ever end up with an insult, I shall disinherit you. So his legacy is the as the nation's most despicable character is quite an insult. And also, he is the guy who decided that soldiers shouldn't have long hair. So all the buzz cuts now and everything are because of Wilkinson saying, men simply cannot fight with ponytails. You need short hair. Meanwhile, all these dudes were wearing powdered wigs. Yeah. Okay. And Wilkinson, less attractive and younger than Matt Anthony Wayne. I think he wanted short hair because he didn't have much hair. I say that as a guy who doesn't have much hair. I'm going to look up this Wilkinson guy so I can see what he looks like. James Wilkinson and his five head. It's not just a four head. It's almost a six head. Like Benedict Arnold is known as like one of the biggest conspirators against America from the time. But what he did, I guess people argue on whether or not what he did is super treasonous. Mm -hmm. But there's no doubt that James Wilkinson was just outright committing treason. Yeah, it's like the very first thing that this says when you Google him under his photo, it says James Wilkinson was an American soldier, politician, and double agent who was associated with several scandals and controversies. Yeah. He had the Spanish give him an island just so he and his co-conspirators could live in case things did not work out with the United States. This is not anything that I remember learning in American history. I know. I never heard of James Wilkinson. This is insane. Tell me more. The ghost. Yes! So Matt Anthony Wayne's last wishes were granted. He was buried in his uniform in a plain wooden casket underneath the flagpole at the blockhouse outside the main fort at Fort Erie. No headstone, just hammered his initials (laughs) and the date of his death with brass tacks in the box. And he stays there for 12 or 13 years when his daughter, Margaret, is deathly ill. And she tells her brother Isaac 
uh, named after his grandpa. Uh, look, man, I want dad's body here because I don't want to be laid to rest 400 miles away from dad. I know he sucked, but he was our dad. And Isaac's like, fine. Yeah, dad was a war hero and he should be buried in a real place, I guess. But, you know, not this outhouse looking blockhouse with a flag running through it. <laughs> Although an outhouse is fitting because uh, I totally hate this guy. But it's a as, giant POS. <laughs> yeah. As Angie will cover in an episode of a podcast in the future, uh, haunted outhouses are pretty awful. So <laughs> we... <sighs> So Isaac goes and digs up his dad's body and uh, expecting to take his dad's skeleton back home. Uh, but when they open the box, they find it's perfectly preserved. <gasps> no decomposition at all. And Isaac, you know, he thought he was just going to move a couple of bags of bones. But instead, they find his everything. And uh, they think it's because of all the lead that was in the ground possibly helped with that. But Isaac didn't want to take back the entire body. So he's asking everyone, like, well, what would you do? And everyone's like, take his body back, you weirdo. You have a wagon. <laughs> and he's like, I, uh, you have a plan B? And they're like, I don't know, like, ask the doctor or whatever. And the doctor's a real problem solver. So he says, okay, you ever slow cook a stew? What? And he's like, yeah. And the doctor's like, just boil his body <gasps> until the skin and meat separates from the bone. And there you go. You got your dad's skeleton. And Isaac says, awesome. So he does that. And he doesn't know what to do with his dad's skin and meat and clothes. So he's like, ah, I guess I'll just bury him where I found him. So he puts him back at the uh, blockhouse uh, with the flag. So he takes the bones the 400 miles home to a proper cemetery to lay some of his dad to rest, you know, because his yeah, 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 yeah. parts are elsewhere. Uh, but when he gets there to the cemetery, he discovers he's missing a bunch of the bones. Whoopsie. Oh, my. What the? They may have fallen out along the way. So he's like looking on the ground around him and he's like, nope. He's like, clearly, I am not the strategist my dad was. <laughs> I probably shouldn't have turned him into a slow cook stew. I'm probably going to regret this for the rest of my life. And if you are interested, if you're ever in Erie, Pennsylvania, the cauldron that he was made into stew. Yes, I was actually going to ask you about that. chair that he died in are on display at the History Museum in Erie, Pennsylvania. So is all of it? Nope. Oh. We haven't gotten to the ghost yet. I was going to say, I thought there was, oh my God. So How big is this cauldron? Big enough to boil a pudgy where does one general. find a cauldron like that i don't know okay um <laughs> so matt anthony's at rest for 12 years no unfinished business he's like yeah I, I died doing what i love war uh i died as an enlisted officer i am at peace i died at a military base i couldn't be happier then all of a sudden his bones are gone <laughs> and he's like what the what so every January 1st, remember, he's a New Year's baby, his birthday, his ghost haunts all of Pennsylvania from where his meat is to where his bones are. <laughs> oh, my God. And where his bones may be along the way. And people say that they can still see a ghost of a colonial officer riding across the land on a ghost horse. 
his ghost that was named Nab uh, with flaming hooves. His ghost is also reported to haunt sites of his great battles uh, from New York through Canada and Ohio. And his ghost is allegedly the second most seen ghost on the East Coast and Midwest, second only to Abraham Lincoln. And it's often seen right before bad weather. Like some people say you can predict weather based on sightings of Matt Anthony Wayne's ghost. So, yeah, it's like Highway 322 or whatever is the main stretch. And people say that, like, there are a lot of ghost sightings of a revolutionary era. Well, yeah, this ghost is looking for the rest of his skin suit. Uh huh. And his bones. Yeah. What? Oh, my God. He is the only person in Pennsylvania to have been boiled. Two graves. <laughs> Um, yeah, I still have a lot of questions. Okay. Well, I just need to know, first of all, like, why, like, where does one find a cauldron of that size? And why do they have one out there? Like, what is that about? Seems a little sketch. Maybe for, like, bigger things, like if you're cooking a lot of deer all at once or whatever, like... I mean, I don't, I, I imagine he was, I, he could have also been doing it like, well, okay, well, I guess I boil his arm for a little bit. Like, I don't know if he put all of his dad in there at once. I, I, I don't know. I know I'm old, but not old enough to have been there at the time. Mm, that's true. This is the early 1800s. I wouldn't be born until the mid 1800s. <laughs> But how do you take a, a class field trip to the History Museum in Erie and go, oh, what's this big witch's cauldron? I mean... Oh, that's even scarier than a witch's cauldron. Yeah, there's that. Yeah. Also, I mean, I guess as their, as their, as his son, like that was like, is it because you're not bright? Is it because you don't like your dad? Like what, what, like at what point do you say, you know what? Putting this casket in a wagon and just driving it back home, that's not the simple thing to do, right? Like, how does how does that switch flip in your brain? I wonder if it was a thing where he was either, like, creeped out, because 400 miles means he was going to be in a wagon for a while. I wonder if he was just like, I ain't riding with a dead body. Also, I Ugh. still, maybe. But I, I'm, I'm very shocked that, the body was not decomposed at all. Yeah. Like, it well, just... they do say like it, the minerals in the land. But and, still. Yeah. Like that just seems really very, I don't know. Yeah. That is the craziest story I've ever heard. I And it also makes you wonder if it was just complete disregard for his dad because, you know, he didn't really know the guy. Yeah. Because the guy never went home. So all he knew was he was the guy who upset his mom all the time. Yeah. Because she's essentially a single mom. Right. So, you know, he might have had so much disdain that he's like, uh-uh. Oh, my God. You know, which could also be why he lost some of the bones. I was it's... like, whoops. Whoops. The whole story is just. Yeah. From... I didn't even realize my saddlebag was open for the last <laughs> day and a half of riding my horse i didn't hear the bones you know rattling as they fell out and onto this <laughs> if only they made xylophone music like in a cartoon 
I I had no idea what that sound was when the bones hit the cobblestone. Like, (laughs) (laughs) oh my god, that's so crazy. I wonder if he told his sister too. Like, whoops. Do you think he told the sister that he had to boil him? Or do you think he was just like, oh, these are I the mean, bones. If, if she's like deathly ill, I I would have left it out and just been like, yep, I got him. <laughs> but why did it take you so long, Brother Isaac? I um um I, I was looking at the sights of Fury. <laughs> it's um neat. There'll be a subpar comedy club here one day. <laughs> That wants the comedians to work squeaky clean, even though they'll have to walk past three topless bars between the hotel and the comedy club. But I mean, Erie's a great place. You know, it's on Lake Erie. That's one of the Great Lakes. It's I, not just a good lake; it's a great. It's a lake. great one. Yeah, I, I'm kind of like. I mean, I'm not surprised by it at all. But I'm like really like we hear stories like this and i am so appalled that we named so many different things after this man like he's absolutely horrible in every way you can possibly imagine and And he didn't like it's not like he saved detroit or liberated detroit he took detroit from people who were like "Uh, we're done you want it you can have it yeah it's just so... It's like if you and I were eating pizza and you were like, do you want the last pizza pizza? And I was like, I do. And I shall name it Pizza <laughs> Bobbit. And I understand, like, you know, it would take a lot to, like, have to rename all of this stuff, right? Like, it would be, like, it would you wouldn't, it would cost a lot of money and it would take a lot of time. And But it's like, you think about some of these places that are named after these horrible, horrible humans. And it's just like, ugh. Yeah. But then there's also the flip side of he was so good in battle that, you know, they do say that Burgoyne just giving up, like wanting to fight the war was a real turning point during the Revolutionary War. And that's kind of, you know, a big accomplishment for anthony wayne Mm -hmm. you know like he was really good especially during the revolutionary war of being a general and uh it's one of those weird things where he's like uh i i could see a biopic being made about him because he did a lot of cool stuff but i imagine the biopic would also kind of overlook the fact that you know he was an adultering embezzling slave owner who committed election fraud or maybe that's what you focus on i I don't know oh my gosh and then to 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 consider the fact that um like in some ways things just have never really changed right yeah (laughs) like it's not it's definitely not something that you want to think about and admit to but i mean when you really consider you know all of it it's like "Mm, yeah yeah Some things just continue on. History absolutely repeats itself. There is still one of the major roads in New Orleans, uh, because Wilkinson ended up being governor of New Orleans, uh, is still named Wilkinson after him. Wow. Even though he's known as the country's most treacherous conspirator. So so crazy. Yeah. What a great story. 
glad you liked it. Oh, that was so good. Yeah, I'm glad that you did it because that was a lot of research that I wouldn't have been able to handle, but it was so good. It was fun. <laughs> so good. When I got, because at first I found all the, uh, the pat him on the back stuff, mm-hmm. but then once I got into the, and then... Here's the other parts. Yeah. I was like, oh, yeah, that was good. And that's another thing, too. Like to pat him on the back stuff is always so easy to find. Right. Yes. And it's like, OK, guys, let's let's get the real story here. Like put the real stories out there a little bit more. Yes. That's crazy. Oh, my gosh. So I have no idea what we're going to do next week because I haven't thought that far ahead. But I'll I'll take over the next one. OK. And um, I have very big shoes to fill now because you've just kind of killed it for the last two episodes so it was fun to research i appreciate you doing the work for that one because that was great it was so good i appreciate you giving me the platform to do this research absolutely because i wouldn't know any of this stuff if it weren't for you such a fun i when i was doing this i was like why did i dread doing reports like this in school (laughs) because you didn't have access to this information in school yeah that's true. it would have been a completely different report yeah and it would have sucked yeah yeah anthony wayne was a great (laughs) uh, general and he fought a lot of battles and he did cool stuff like he ran after the british with bayonets that are knives (laughs) on the end of your guns and he scared people and he he drank a lot of bad stuff (laughs) Um, and he had a wife and a couple of kids and he was named after his grandpa and his son was named after his grandpa (laughs) he was in politics and then his son went into politics and that is my report on Anthony (laughs) Wayne Owner of Wayne County, Michigan. Oh, God. And on that note, <laughs> we got to get out of here. Yeah, we do. Thank you so much, Mike. That was awesome. Um, thank you, Angie. Yeah. Thank you guys all for listening. Um, if you want to, I don't even know what you have to share about Matt Anthony Wayne, but if you got something, let us know. <laughs> yeah. And follow us on Facebook. Um, where we tend to have, there's a couple people on there that really like to get into discussions about different things on our show. So if you're interested in talking to like-minded people, um, about the stuff that we talk about, um, find us on Facebook, which is just Great Lakes Confidential. Um, you can email us at greatlakesconfidential at gmail.com. We're on Instagram. So I guess that's it. Um, have a great week. Uh, we will talk to y'all soon. Um, be safe out there, watch for deer, and text us when you get home. And don't commit election fraud. That part. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, and if you're feeling sick, don't get medical advice from the person who you are threatening to have hanged. Mm, That's really solid advice. Yeah. 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 (laughs) Bye. Bye.